The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. Yesterday, we posted the first half of a sermon entitled Abraham's Tents. We looked at Abraham, the father of the faithful, and we discovered that Abraham never built any cities. He only dwelt in tents. The reason for that, we're told in Hebrews, is that he was a sojourner and a stranger in a strange land. And the city he was looking for was a permanent city, not an earthly city, but a heavenly city. Today, we continue looking at the places where Abraham pitched his tents throughout his lifetime. We're going to see that finally the day came when he was able to take down his tent and finally go to that permanent home that he had looked for all of his life. Join us today for the conclusion of Abraham's Tents. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Here the dying Savior cries. 
it's beginning here in this place of nourishment, this place of sturdiness, this place of seeing. He's beginning here to see the promises of God and to understand who God is and what God has for him. Now, understand this. God is God regardless of whether we see that or not. We don't have to believe God into existence. We don't have to believe his promises into existence. It's a good thing to believe in the atonement of Christ, but we don't believe our atonement into existence. We can go through this life in many ways ignorant of the things of God. As a matter of fact, if you don't study the Word of God, you will be ignorant of the things of God. You'll not ever grow very much. You can't grow apart from the nourishment of the Word of God and the, and the, and the church of God, the people of God, being around them. Uh, but that doesn't change the promises. Light had the same promises in a spiritual sense that Abraham did. Do you, you understand that? That Lot, Lot had the same promises applicable to him. These promises, beloved, we're going to see in a minute, have to do with something beyond just the land of Canaan. Had something to do with the spiritual, of a spiritual nature, pointing us to the very Christ who was to come. Lot had that same promise. But Lot lived his life, as far as we can tell, never even speaking to God. God never spoke to Lot. He sent his angels down to warn him, said, get out. <laughs> well, that's, that's a horrible message, isn't it? You know, I love preaching the gospel of the grace of God, the good news. I love doing that. But you know, there are times as a preacher that I don't have time to preach the gospel to somebody I just have to go down and say, get out. Stop what you're doing. You cannot experience the things of God in the way you're supposed to and should experience them by being where you are and doing what you're doing. That's not a fun message to preach. That's part of the gospel message now. Don't get me wrong. That's part of it. But I like to sit down and say, let's just revel around the cross. Let's just talk about the cross. There are people that we have to warn as preachers. We have to, we have to get down uh, in their face, so to speak, and say, look, I, can't, I don't have time. I can't go through all the wondrous, glorious promises of God right now because you've got to get out of the place where you are in order to even hear me. In order to even, you know, lie. they didn't go down there and preach Oh, let me talk to you about becoming Christ. They said, look, Lot, you could have heard all this if you'd stayed with Abraham. You'd have had access to all these promises and to be able to understand them and to enjoy them and, and glory in them and, and if you'd stayed with Abraham. But you're down here in Sodom. We ain't got time to preach to you about that. You just better get out, son. As far as we know, I never see Lot again after he's drunk in the cave. We don't know if he ever understood or experienced those promises till he got to heaven. You know, I, 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 I'll say this, and it's a shameful place to be, but don't think you can't get there. I believe there comes a point sometimes in a child of God's life where they have, they have gone so far and strayed so far away and, are, and, are, and maybe the consequences of, of the sin that they've committed, the consequences of living where they are and the sin around them in Sodom, that the best thing they could possibly do is die and go to heaven. There's no other, there's no other joy, nothing for them here in this life. I know people like this that I believe are like that. I know people that, that I don't really know apart from the miraculous intervention of God 
that the best thing that could happen to them is that they, they go on to be with the Lord. But I want to serve God here. I want to be like Abraham. I don't want to be like Lot. I don't want somebody to have to deliver me. I want to be able to deliver somebody. Amen. See, that's what Abraham could do. God, Abraham saw the full promises of God. He, he, he saw the promise in chapter 17 of Isaac specifically laid out for him. And in verse 7 of that, listen to what he says. And I will establish... This is God talking. And go back to verse 1 and notice what happened. He saw the full promises of God, but he saw God Himself. He saw God Himself. God appeared to him. It says, when Abram was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram. And He gave him some instructions. And he said in verse 7, I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. This is something beyond uh, the nation of Israel here. This is, this, the, the covenant with the nation of Israel wasn't an everlasting covenant. It had to do with here and now. But beloved, this is an everlasting covenant that is talking about there's going to be a time when your seed, uh, someone of your lineage, will come down to this earth uh, and he will die for the sins of all of spiritual Israel. They're not all Israel, which are of Israel, by the way. He said it's only those that are of the seed, the, the, the spiritual Israel that he's talking about. And it will be an everlasting covenant. He said, I'll be a God unto thee and to thy seed after, after thee. Oh, and in memory, this place of nourishment, sturdiness, seeing, Abraham saw God himself. And, and by being where he was, he was also able to see his brother's troubles and help him. We've already mentioned that. Back in the 14th chapter, sometime read that. You know the story, though, that where, where the, the kings, they had a war over there in the area of Sodom and Gomorrah, and Lot was taken captive, and he and all of his stuff and all of his family were carried away. And what did Abraham do? Abraham loaded up and went after him. In verse 14 of chapter 14, when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. Notice what, you notice what's happened here? By being where he should be, by living in the place, pitching his tent where it ought to be pitched, he had trained servants. He had a house that was blessed. He was able to go help someone else. Do you understand that our job here at Zion Church is not to just sit here. Oh, it's wonderful to sit here in glory with what all the Lord has given us. But it's not just to sit here and shut the doors and lock them and keep everybody else out. It's to carry this same message out there to the lost sheep of the world. It's to go help deliver our brothers and sisters that are in bondage. There's a work for us to do. I know you say, preacher, I didn't think we could born them again. We can't. We can't. I know that. That's not what I'm talking about. We're not doing the work of God has done his work. He's done his work in delivering his people from their sin. He saved his people from their sins. And one day, through death or through his return, he will deliver us into the heavenly kingdom. One day. But in the meantime, we dwell in the earthly kingdom. And it's our job to tell everybody. It's our job to be equipped and trained to do that. 
Lot had no training. He couldn't even protect himself. He couldn't even save himself. But Abraham, by being where he ought to be, and by doing what he ought to be doing, by dwelling in this place of nourishment, of fatness, of sturdiness, of seeing, revelation, vision, Abraham was able to go out and deliver his brother. When you live where you should live, when you're dwelling where you ought to be dwelling, you're able to see those needs and respond to them. There have been times in my life I wasn't equipped, I wasn't prepared, and I was ashamed. He tells us in, I believe it's the third chapter of 1 Peter, he says, to be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh thee of the hope that lieth within you. I hadn't always been ready. I hadn't always been prepared to do that. But when I stay in the church of God, when I stay in the Word of God, I'm prepared. And that way I'm not ashamed. He says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. You ever been ashamed in trying to share what we believe with somebody? I've been ashamed before. So well, I really don't know the answer to that, but I'll call somebody and get back with you. You know, well, that's that's okay. I, I don't want you to. You sure don't need to explain it wrong. Okay, so call somebody, but uh, but be prepared and be ready and pray to God that you'll be able to do that. Well, throughout his life, Abraham he put up his tent between Bethel and Hai. That's the experience of every child of God after the new birth. He put up his tent in Egypt. And that's where we shouldn't pitch our tents. He put up his tent in Mamre, a place of safety and nourishment and fatness and, and sturdiness and vision. And that's where we ought to stay. That sounds a little tiring, doesn't it? That kind of sounds like, boy, that's a lot of tent putting up, isn't it? That's a lot of moving around. That's a lot of struggle, isn't it? It is. It really is. And the life of a child of God is a struggle. Your life is going to be a struggle. But praise God. <laughs> there came a time in Abraham's life when he took his tent down. Over in the 25th chapter of Genesis. <laughs> After all this years of faithful service to the Lord, straying away sometimes, but fighting the battle and, and to the point where he's even called the friend of God. In verses 7 and 8 of chapter 25, it said, These are the days of the years of Abraham's life which he lived, a hundred and three score and fifteen years, a hundred and seventy-five years. That's amazing, isn't it? I hope I live, as they say, to a ripe old age, but I hope I don't live to be 175. <laughs> I do. I mean, I, I'd like to be healthy and stay here and help as long as I can, but by the time I'm 175, I'm ready to go home, okay? I'm ready to take my tent down. Then Abraham, verse 8, gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. There came a time, praise God, when Abraham took down his tents. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1, we read this. For we know that if the earthly house, if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. 
Oh, I'm so glad they use that same word, tabernacle, that word that means tent, that word that means a temporary dwelling. I'm thankful they didn't say this permanent house that we're going to be in from now on out. I don't want to be in this permanent house. I don't want this house to be permanent. I don't want this body to be the, the same body that I have to put up with throughout eternity. This body gets tired. This body is frail. This body gets weak. This body, uh, it, it betrays me from time to time. This body gets sick. This body uh, eventually dies. Beloved, I don't want it to last forever. There's going to be a new body. One day we have a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon. What? That mortality might be swallowed up of life. Praise God. Praise God. I could just see this dear old saint, Abraham, after all of the years and all of the troubles and the trials he had faced and all of the putting up his tent and moving his tent, he's, he's, he's laying there one day and he's, 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 he realizes, I, I trust that the, the end of his life has come and he's thinking, praise God, it's about time to take down my tent. You know, I know some saints like that right now. I know some dear ones that have fought the battle. We've, we've, we've heard of some, uh, even some preachers lately, one or two that have passed on and have labored long. And, you know, I, I trust and pray that the Lord will leave me here for as long as I can be of use to Him. I'm not, I'm not ready to leave right now from the sense of I don't want to leave my family, but from the sense of I'm tired of this life and I'm tired of this battle, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be clothed upon. I long for this. I feel like Paul felt. I'm in a strait betwixt two, uh, ready to go home. It's far better for me to go home and be with the Lord. But for you, it's needful for me to stay here. For my family, for, for those that I hope that I can help serve, I want to stay here as long as the Lord will allow me to be useful. But I'll tell you, beloved, there's coming a time. In verse 6, he says, we're confident. We're always confident. I like that. Therefore, we are always confident. Why are we confident? Because we know something. Well, I know, you know, I know a secret. <laughs> I can remember when the homecoming queens, the elections occurred down at PA and the, the school administrator, Miss Debbie Owens, is usually the one that I recall getting out there. She'll go out on the, on the basketball court there in the gym and she's got the paper. She's holding it right there and she knows. She knows who it is. There's four young ladies that are sitting there doing this you know they're just oh is it going to be me is it going to be me is it going to, how's it going to work you know they're sitting there doing this Miss Debbie's confident you know why she knows something that they don't know she knows who won she knows who got the most votes well that gives you a confidence you know if I, I I have to run for election and if I could see the tally before everybody else I'd be confident you know as it is I'd be walking as it is if I were opposed I'd be walking in there on election night just nervous as I could be I know one person who who ran recently uh, several years ago I guess but uh, uh, in my recent memory uh, here in the county who couldn't even couldn't even bring himself to go upstairs where they were counting votes he was too nervous <laughs> But you know the people up there counting the votes. They knew something he didn't. They knew the outcome. Guess what? We can always be confident because we know the outcome. Therefore, we are always confident. We don't have to be nervous. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to be down and out or in despair because we know something. Knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. We know that. I recognize we're not home yet. 
That's what he's saying here. He said, just remember, you can be confident you're not home yet. But it may be bad out there. Economically, you may have lost money. It may be, you may be in a dire straits, a dire situation, but it's okay because you're not home yet. You're not home yet. He says, we walk by faith, not by sight. And we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You see, what's the worst thing that can happen to you? You know, you might die. That's, that's, isn't that what we fear? You know, um, we're, we're nervous when our kids leave home and go, you know, driving somewhere because we're afraid they might have a wreck and get killed. We're nervous about, um, you know, when we get sick. Uh, you know, when, when Ashley was diagnosed with diabetes, our fear was she might die. You know, we just thought she would before we got home. You know, we didn't know any more about it than that. People get sick and they, we're worried about death. But guess what? You don't have to worry about death. As a child of God, we worry about getting older. What's going to happen to me? What's, you know, we worry about our retirement. Uh, is, is our retirement enough to take care of us? Why are we worried about retirement? Because if we don't have enough retirement, we might not have a place to live. We might catch cold and we might die. Or we might not have enough to eat and we might starve to death. We might die. Guess what? If you die, you're going to be with the Lord. You don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry. We're confident, I say, and willing rather. I'm ready to die, he says. Willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. He says that Abraham died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. Let me tell you something. His soul didn't sleep in the ground. He was absent from his body that day and present with the Lord. And his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him. That's going to happen to us one day if the Lord tarries. All of us will go get to the point where we're on our deathbed. And that's okay. If we can take a lesson from the life of Abraham, we can see that as children of God, from the time of our new birth, We've been pitching our tent here. We've put up our tent in a place that is right in the middle of the house of God and the garbage heap of our depraved souls. And we've probably sojourned down into Egypt. I know I have. And we're tempted to do that again. But if we're blessed and we're faithful, we will be blessed to dwell in the tents dwell in our tent, our temporary dwelling place in the plains of Mamre, the church of the living God, the kingdom here where we can be fed and nourished and then praise God one day the Lord will bless us to be able to take down our tent. And we'll go home to a place where we'll have a permanent dwelling. That's what he said, isn't it? Over there in the book of Hebrews. He said that this old dear saint looked for a city which hath foundations. His tent didn't have any foundation. He looked for a city that hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 16, it says, They desire a better country, that is a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. I like that. I hope that we'll be encouraged this week to, to try to pitch our tent in the place it should be. 
keep our minds focused on the things that should be focused upon. Don't be tempted by the world. It's just, it's just a temporary dwelling place. We're strangers and pilgrims and sojourners here. One day, we'll go home to a, a city that's built by God. Praise God for His great blessings upon us. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.